Now, this series called out is controversial because Jesus was countercultural. And so we've identified three areas that we think the culture is wrong. In fact, Jesus has called us out of these uh, elements of culture into a new way. So the first thing we talked about last week is that we live in a culture that, that, that seeks um, ease, that we, we, we want to avoid suffering, we want to avoid any sacrifice, this idea that we just want to be comfortable. But Jesus called us out of our comfort and he called us to sacrifice, to suffer when necessary. And we look at uh, solutions and we always want a solution that's going to cause us to not suffer. And, and we, that's why we vote the way we vote, that's why we act the way we act, that's why we don't tell people about Jesus. We want to make sure we're comfortable. Jesus called us out of that. Today we're going to talk about what I think is the essence of every problem you have in your life, every problem that we have in this country. And that is that we follow our feelings. The culture, your life, everything about us says follow your feelings. But the truth is, is of our feelings and into a standard. We follow a standard. Now, just to be clear, feelings are good. And I, and I brought my illustration up here today, okay? Feelings are great. I have four great kids. Some would say three great kids. I won't tell you. No, I'm just kidding. I've got four great kids. I love all my kids, and every one of my kids brings every emotion. Sometimes my, my kids bring anger. Sometimes they bring frustration. A lot of times they bring joy bring happiness. Now, when I am around my kids and I think about why do I love my kids, I love my kids because of all of the emotions. I love the fact that we've been through times of anger and we have reconciled. I love the fact that, that I've seen them struggle and go through hard things and I've been able to say, man, they overcame. I love all the emotions. But the thing is, when I, when I parent, I've got to make sure when I am a parent that I, I can love these emotions and I can recognize they're important but I cannot follow. And this girl right here, this is my beautiful daughter, Annie. Now, she tests me in this the most because Annie is the one that has figured out that she actually has a lot of power and control when it comes to her daddy. She knows that even though I'm an intellectual, smart guy, that she has discovered she can manipulate me and she can make me follow my feelings. This morning, she woke up, and she, the first thing she wanted was what? My phone. And I said, no, we're, we're, we're not going to get on screens right 30 seconds after waking up. And that's when she does what she does. And this is what I want you to see. This is called the puppy dog face. So any of you see that camera right back there? I want you to look back there and give them the puppy dog face. And if you do it, I will give you, you can go get my phone, or you can do whatever you need to do. So look right over there. Show me that puppy dog face. It's you see that right there? That's, that is what I have to deal with anytime. She knows, and the funny is she doesn't try it to my wife. Okay, now Elliot can sometimes uh, do that to my wife, but Annie, okay, y'all give Annie a hand. Annie, you can go sit down. Annie has discovered that she actually can make me follow my feelings. And even when I know it's not best for her, she can make me, she can draw me out, and she can make me make decisions that I should not be making. That is, that is why you will see, man, they've got a lot of screen time over there sometimes. That's, that's not by design. That's because I'm following my feelings. And here's what I want us to see today. When we follow our feelings, we can be called out of reality. 
And, and we live in a culture right now that is leading us away. Sometimes it's easier to question reality than to question somebody's feelings right now in our society. And so I want to give you all just uh, kind of set this, um, set this up with some extreme examples. But you see this all the time and you hear this now in culture all the time. You hear people say, you know what, I just don't, I, I, don't, I think that's my truth. I, I, I don't feel that you're right. I, I, this is, I'm living my truth. Have you all heard somebody say that before? Now, uh, we see it in extremes uh, with a lot of different things. We, we have people that say, you know what, I feel I was born in the wrong body. And, and you will actually, there are people that have lost their jobs because they question that feeling. Rather than questioning that feeling, uh, then we have to question reality. Maybe they were born in the wrong body. But, but uh, we see this all over. Oprah, she, she is big on living your truth. But here's the problem. If you live your truth and I live my truth, then I have, there's a problem here in that your truth, if it's different than my truth, when one of us is not living truth. You see, the definition of truth is, is conforming to a standard. It's when we all agree on something that is absolutely true. But we live in a culture right now that says, you know what, you can have your truth, I can have my truth, and, and that's the way it is. And so... This leads to a lot of problems. We, I, I hear people who um, are even Christians that, that have gotten married, and then they'll tell me, you know what, I feel like I'm not in love anymore. And they, and they have this idea that because they don't feel love anymore, they don't feel in love anymore, well, now I, I'm free to go do what I want to do. You see, one of the things we need to recognize in society is that the entire world is structured so that you don't follow your feelings. Do you realize this? The reason policemen exist, the reason, and women, the reason that, uh, that laws exist, the reason that God, everything that we have in this world recognizes that if the whole world follows our feelings, if we do what we want, when we want, it would be chaos. It would be disastrous. But yet, we're allowing this, this philosophy to come in that, you know what, you can have your way, you can have your truth, and somebody else can have their truth. And the truth is that probably your truth and my truth we're both probably not following the truth. And so today I want to just show you a couple of, of problems. Uh, I want to start off just highlighting some extreme absurd examples, but I want you to see how absurd it can get if we acknowledge that anyone can follow their feelings, okay? The first person I want to um, introduce you to is Nano, okay? We got a picture of Nano, I believe. Is Nano on the screen? Now, Nano has a, a very interesting uh, problem, I would say, and that is that she feels she was born with a defect. Her defect was humanity. You see, Nano is a 25-year-old woman who identifies as a cat, and she has all of the reasons for, for feeling like a cat. She hates water, she loves to sleep on windowsills, and she walks on all fours, and therefore, she has decided to live her life as a cat. And not to be updone, if you think that, well, maybe she's just crazy, there's also another one, Cat Lyons. Okay, that's her name, Cat Lyons. I'm sure she was born with that name. And she also uh, decided uh, about uh, six or seven years ago that she also is a cat. But what is interesting about Cat Lyons is that Cat Lyons has a partner. Now, it's not a husband because they're different species, you understand. See, Cat is, she identifies as a cat. She feels a cat. What's unusual about this is that her partner has given her what I would consider to be the worst advice you could ever give your children or your friends or your spouse. Her partner has said, you know what, you need to live your truth. You need to follow your 
heart. And so she lives her life as a cat and has her partner as her caretaker. Now, all of this is, leads to the ultimate absurdity, in my opinion, which is Vinny, the non-sexual alien, okay? Now, Vinny, uh, is Vinny on the screen? Okay, now Vinny, I, I don't even want to get into it. He spent over $50,000 on surgeries to become, as I said, a non-sexual alien because that's who he identifies as. That's who he feels he was. And I'm not even going to get into what that means, but let's just say he's had everything he needs to have removed. He's had everything altered that he needs to have altered so he can live as an alien. And my, my favorite just ridiculousness of this is that he identifies as somebody who has never been identified. He identifies as something that we don't even know, probably do know, doesn't exist. But yet, there have been reporters fired for questioning their reality, for questioning their feelings. People have lost their jobs because they said, you know, or they made light of the fact that somebody believes they're a cat. Now, it's not just uh, absurdities like this. We also, if you think back, and, and by the way, we did you know, tw 20-year-old uh, music, uh, and if you're in this church long enough, you know that every illustration I use is at least 20 years old, right? Um, and so let me go with a 30-year-old illustration. There was a, a six, I think it was 60 Minutes, and it was with Woody Allen in the 80s, okay? And he said something that was very, very, um, I, I think kind of shows us where we're at. His, his ex-wife, Mia Farrow, caught him in an affair with his stepdaughter. She was 40 years younger than him. She was like 20 or 21. And Mia Farrow caught him with nude photos of her daughter, his stepdaughter. And when he was interviewed about this, it came to light. What he said was, the heart wants what the heart wants. That was his defense for having an affair with his stepdaughter. And uh, and, and basically what he was saying is, you can't question it. The heart wants what the heart wants. What I want you to see is this, is this. We can find the most ridiculous ideas, and all of us can identify, yeah, that's crazy. There are some crazy things that happen when people follow their heart or say, you know what, I'm not going to live by a standard. Instead, I'm just going to go by my feelings. But here's what I really want to challenge us today. It's not just outside the church. It's not just for people who, who don't claim to follow God. This is prevalent inside the church. And in fact, when we pick and choose or when we decide, you know what, I, I feel like I'm good. I feel like I'm being a good person. I feel like I, I came to church today. I feel like I'm doing the right things. There are many of us in this very room who claim and say we are following Jesus but the truth is we are as far from following Jesus as Vinny is from being an actual alien. We identify with something that is not truly what Jesus intended. And so today I really want to challenge us inside the church, not necessarily just point fingers at people outside the church, okay? We live in a time where it is more acceptable to question reality than to question and challenge our feelings. But the Bible says something else. We're going to be today in Jeremiah chapter 17. And I'm going to start in verse 5, and this is what it says. Thus says the Lord. That's how you know it's going to be a good verse, right? Thus says the Lord. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert. He shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. When 
And this is one of the most consistent, I'm going to bring a lot of scriptures in, they may or may not be on the screen, because this is one of the most consistent ideas. When we follow our feelings, we will be led where we don't want to be. Following your heart will lead you where you don't want to be. It says here that you are cursed when you follow man. And by the way, mankind, we're all mankind. So when we follow ourselves, our flesh, that's our feelings. When we are following our flesh, we are following our desires and feelings. When we do this, understand that it is leading us away from God. You will be parched. You will be as if you are a shrub in the desert. Now, the context of this verse is this. It is a condemnation of Israel. Every time Israel would have somebody come against them uh, to fight them or go to war, any challenge, what they would do is they would run to big brother Egypt. Even though they were slaves in Egypt and all that, Egypt was kind of their friend and he couldn't bully Israel. Egypt would come to your, your, your aid. And so anytime there was a foreign army, they would go and they would have Egypt. So much so that they quit calling on the Lord. They quit saying, you know, what does God want us to do? There were times when God said, don't go to Israel. I mean, don't go to Egypt. But yet Israel would go there because it was way, it felt so much better to know, I, I can see the army there than to trust God. And what I see for most of us, even myself, a lot, myself a lot of times, is a lot of times I find myself going to Egypt, that is, following my feelings, trying to make sure that I'm in control, that I can get what I want. This is uh, the quickest way to find yourself far from God, is to follow your feelings. This is what um, Isaiah says in 29. This is a, a passage that Jesus actually quoted about himself. He says, the people draw near me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. In other words, they go to church, they pretend, and they even sing the songs. But man, their hearts, the rest of the time when they're not at church, when they're not around people, they are not seeking me. They are not trying to conform their lives to my will. In fact, they're doing what other people are teaching. They're doing what is acceptable. Jesus said it like this in Mark chapter 7. He said, from within, out of the heart of man, Come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All of these things come from within, and they defile a person. You know, when we talk about how holy we are, we think about how good we are. A lot of times we're thinking, well, I went to church, I did this, I did this. But Jesus says, no, 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 listen. You're following your feelings, and sometimes even though you're pretending on the outside, your heart is far from God, and that's what's making you unholy. That's what's making you unclean. There's an old preacherism, and I love it. It says, sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay, and it will cost you more than you want to pay. And that is the truth when it comes to following your feeling. It will lead you away from God. You will find yourself living in a life of sin. When you follow your heart and you abandon God's standards, understand that is a sinful action. That is a sinful choice. You see, faith is, a, is not a feeling. Faith is a choice. We put our trust. We place our faith. But yet many of us, even when we talk about God, hey, I don't feel close to God right now. And so one of the things we've got to understand, and John Piper said it best, he said, uh, feelings are a great gauge, but they are an awful guide. 
Feelings are a great gauge. So in other words, I, I love to feel the love towards my daughter. I love to feel the joy that tells me things are going right in my marriage when, when I feel satisfied. But I don't want to follow that. I don't want to chase that. I've got to understand faith is when I place my trust in God's standard. This is what I want us to see when it comes to yourself, even as a Christian, even as someone who claims to follow God. You need to understand your heart is tricking you. Your heart, as I will say, is Netflixing you, okay? That's what it is. It's Netflixing you. Y'all know when you watch Netflix and it says, after you're done, it says, because you watched this, you should watch this, right? Now, and sometimes it's right and sometimes you're like, I don't know, but how does it? It's got an algorithm, right? Your heart has an algorithm and that algorithm does this. That algorithm says, you know what? You're feeling this. Ah, why don't we feel this? So you're feeling lonely, your heart says, you know what, you're feeling lonely. Why don't you run to this on a screen? Maybe it's a, a bad relationship. Maybe it's uh, pornography. Maybe it's just going to, hey, maybe why don't you talk bad about these people? Then you'll feel better. Your heart is Netflixing you. Your heart is trying to trick you into feeling better. Your heart will always lead you towards a better emotion. That's the way it is designed. And listen, you have to understand this. You have to understand, even as a Christ follower, this is a battle you will face. Um, when it comes to following our feelings, there, there are some certain things. We see it in politics right now more than anything. And it's really easy. When I start talking about politics, everybody will agree because you think about the other side. You think about, oh, well, I'm on the right team. Everyone in the church thinks they're on the right team. And it doesn't matter what team you're on. You think, you know, this is the one area that I feel like I'm right. I feel like, you know, the other side, man, they are just wrong. And, and I've got a lot of theories on why that is. I do think that politics is replacing our religion in a lot of ways. And, and this message, hopefully, some of us will get this conviction. But I want to let, just let us know that there are what we call cognitive defects. Did you know this? There are cognitive defects um, or cognitive distortions in our thinking. These are our cl clinical terms that, that, that we do this when it comes to uh, our decision making. And that our, this is how our heart tricks you. And there are, there are several of them. I want to show you a few of them. Catastrophizing. Okay, that's an actual word. I didn't make it up, although it sounds like I made it up. But that's when ever you, you um, say you go to the worst case scenario no matter what. So this is in politics when, you know what, if Trump wins, we're going to have a civil war. If Biden wins, we're, we're going to be socialists next week, okay? That's when we go to the worst case scenario, and then we begin to live our life, okay? You know what, if this happens, then the world is going to end. You realize your brain naturally kind of goes to that. Now, understand, when you hear this, you're like, well, everyone else's brain does that. Mine doesn't, but we all trick ourselves because you are being tricked. Another one that I like, overgeneralizing this. This is when one incident happens, and then you make every incident about that. So, you know what? I never get the job. You know what? I never. I, you, got, you, you miss one opportunity. I, it never happens for me. I always fail. That's just kind of the way it goes. There's all or nothing thinking. This is when uh, you have one incident. So, for example, if, I, if one person comes up and says, Joel, that, that was kind of a, I didn't like your sermon today. And then I go home. Church was at a complete waste of time. Nothing good happened. And, and I just kind of, it was all a waste of time. Nobody, nobody got anything out of it. That's all or nothing thinking. Understand, if it happens to you, one of the first things you do is you assume it happened to every single person. Um, other ones, mind reading. You know, I once had a friend, we were at, uh, we were actually just going to order at a countertop. Uh, um, he ordered a drink or whatever. He's probably a, you know, a sandwich or something. And he, I remember he comes back and he sits down and he says, man, that waitress does not like me. <laughs> and I thought, 
She didn't say anything to him. Like she did, literally, she gave him a sandwich. And for some reason, he thought, I can understand where she's feeling. I know what she's thinking. When she served me that sandwich, is just the way I could tell she doesn't like me. You know what? This is, I see this in every single uh, political discussion online. You will see they, are, they know the motives of the other person. The other person's evil. My motives are perfect, but their motives are evil. We do this all the time. Let me get just one or two more. Labeling. Labeling is probably the most effective way. It's when you just, some of us label ourselves. You know what? I'm a loser. And if you label yourself, then, then nothing can change that. You've labeled, you don't even have to have a discussion. I'm a loser. That's who I am. Right now, we literally will see half the United States label the other half, and then you don't even have to have a discussion. Half of, uh, half of them are socialists. You know, we don't even talk to that side. They're all, they're, they're, they're social. Half of them are white supremacists or whatever it is. It's, it's you just throw a label, and then we don't have to have any discussions, okay? Understand, all of this to say, you are not innocent in this. Your brain at every single point is trying to Netflix you. It is trying to, to trick you. It has distortions that are trying to make you feel as if you're right, feel as if you are the, are the holy one and the right one. And as Christ followers, we have to have to be on guard. This is what uh, the, um, uh, Jeremiah continues. He says this, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes, and for it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. In other words, when we are rooted in the Lord, we, are, we have our roots in the river, and it doesn't matter how hot it gets because we are always drinking from the water. That's the, the point of the roots is that it's always taking in the water. It's not worried about how do I do I feel pretty good. I don't need a drink. No, no, no. Roots are always taking in the nutrients. They don't stop with how they feel. It's hot outside. You know what the roots are doing underneath? They're taking in the water. You know what? It, it, it's a desert outside, but if there's water and a river next to it, those roots are drinking. And we need to understand when we follow God, when we follow Christ, it is not about our feelings. It is about being rooted in his word being rooted to his standard so that no matter what we feel like, you know what, I don't feel uh, like I'm close to God, but you know what, I'm still drinking from him. I'm still in the word. I'm still praying. I'm still getting up and I'm making sure that I am rooted in him. You know what, I don't feel like uh, saying I'm sorry. I don't feel like forgiveness right now, but you know what, I'm going to follow his standard. It doesn't matter if I don't feel it, I'm still going to do it. Over and over again, when we are rooted in God's standard, and we recognize my feelings are trying to trick me, but God's standard never changes. We understand, man, okay, now I can still drink even when I don't feel like it. This is what uh, Jesus' best friend John said in 1 John chapter 3. He says this. This is verse 19. He says, by this, and he's talking about obeying God's word. He said, by this we shall know that we are of the truth. And reassure our hearts before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. He knows everything. You understand that we can have a relationship with God that's so strong that even when we feel far from him, he is right there with us. And you know the easiest way to know, even if you feel far from God, if you're still drinking, 
then you're probably, being, if you're still spiritually being, being filled and, and taking through hard times, if you can still dream, I'm still in his word, even though I feel like my kids are rebelling and, and I don't know if they're ever coming back. And you know, my marriage, it doesn't feel like it used to feel, but you know what? We're, we're still connected. I'm still trying to make sure that I'm honoring my wife, that I'm honoring my husband. I'm still trying to make sure that I'm following God's standard and not my standard. When we live a life where we keep trying to drink the water from God. That's, that's what it means. When we trust, even if, even if, I don't know why God said this. You know, I don't know why he condemns this. I don't know why he, it feels like this would be a good thing. But when his word says it, I'm still going to trust. I'm going to, to put his standard as my standard. But here's what I, I really want us to see when it comes to the church. You know, in the church, we always think we're drinking. You come to church and you think you're drinking. But you know, you can be in church and you can miss out on what God has for you. It goes on to say this in verse 9, Jeremiah 17. The heart is deceitful above all things. The heart is deceitful above all things. It is desperately sick. Who can understand it? Let me give you a hint. Not you. You don't even know where your heart is leading you. And until you understand that, even as Christ's followers, we have to know, you know what, my feelings, my, my heart is wrong. Even though I think my politics are great, I think I figured it out, and y'all have no clue, but I think I figured it out. But as a Christ follower, I say, you know what, but that's not true. That's not true. I am in desperate need because my heart is sick. It goes on to, uh, oh, it reminds me, by the way, of Proverbs. There's a proverb that says this in Proverbs 28. It says, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. I walk in my own wisdom all the time. I, I think my mind is fantastic. I think I think better than all of you. I'm just being honest. A lot of times I think y'all are crazy, but I got it figured out. And that's my heart deceiving. That's my mind deceiving. Understand, this is what it says in verse 13. Lord, the hope of Israel, who all forsake you, you, for all who forsake you shall be put to shame. Those who turn away from you shall be written in the earth. They have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of the living water. Even as a Christ follower, even when I feel like I'm right, anytime I follow my heart, it will lead me away from God, and I will find myself saying, you know what, I, I know God's word says this, but this is kind of the way I read it, and I'll, I'll live it that way. It's okay for me to do that, and we'll justify ourselves, and we live lives doing this as Christ followers. And that's why I want to make sure we understand this isn't about simply, hey, just follow the Bible, because here's what I know. There are, are, are not just two types of people. There are probably three types of people, okay? We always think there's, there's this way. There's a left way, a right way. There's a wrong way, a right way, all that, okay? But here's what I know. Some of us, we absolutely just reject God's standards, okay? We don't claim to be a Christian. We don't claim to follow God, okay? It's real easy for, to, to say to somebody that's not even trying to, to come to church, not even trying to follow God. It's really easy to say, well, they're far from God. They're just following their feelings. It's real easy, okay? And that's, that's a portion of the people. But then there are some of us that are a little more deceitful. We're in church, we, but we say to ourselves, you know what? Those people are crazy. What we say is, I I got it right. I'm in church. I, I'm, I'm following God's standards. I obey the Bible. I follow the, the Bible. You know what? If I don't run, I never run. To I'm always running to the right things. And we tell ourselves we are good. But in reality, just like I saw a meme, uh, I think it was this morning. It says, I wish everything was as easy as gaining weight. Okay? That's how I, I live. Um, even in my, my Christian walk, there are so many things that I'm just saying, you know what? 
I'm going to do this because I want to do this. And I've got enough good things. Or I, you know, I'm a pastor. I've got enough titles or enough this that I can get away with it and no one's going to question it. But in my heart, I know there are so many things in my life that are leading me away. So here is what I want you to see. The first two categories, the people who say, you know what, I'm going to follow my feelings. Or the people that say, you know what, I, I love God's standards. I'm going to honor it with my lips. But yet we're still not obeying every word of it. We're still finding ourselves running away. And by the way, this is all of us. When we say, you know what, I, with my own strength and my own power, I'm going to follow, I'm going to follow God's word. I'm going to be holier than everyone else. We're in the same boat as that first group. This is what the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the Bible, says. This is in uh, uh, Romans chapter 7. For I know that I, nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. What the Apostle Paul said is, listen, I, I don't want to follow my feelings. I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow God. But you know how I live my life? I live my life even when I try to be good. I don't have the strength to follow God. I fail just like the person who's, uh, who's not even trying to follow God, just like the person who's not living in reality and just says, I'm going to follow my feeling, I'm going to follow my truth. That person is just as ridiculous. Or, or, or the Christian who says, I'm going to do this, I'm going to be holier than thou. We are just as ridiculous as any other way of living. In fact, I'm going to, I was thinking about, I didn't have this, so there's no way this is going to be on your screen, but... I was thinking before, uh, when we read this verse from Paul, you need to know what else he says about this. This is what Paul says. Uh, let me jump over to it. Paul says, in the same verse after this, he goes, For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see my members, that is my body, and another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me a captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. What then am I? Who can deliver me from this body of death? He says, you know what? This is a losing battle. The more I try to be holy, the worse, the more I find myself following my feelings. But then he says this, who can deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I serve the law of God in my mind, but in my flesh, I serve the law of sin. He said, listen, even though, even though this is a losing war, there's another way. I trust Jesus Christ to forgive me, even as a Christ follower, when I fall short, when I follow my feelings, I am going to repent. I am going to make sure that God has covered me. Following Jesus has nothing to do with being a good person. Now, you should be a good person. Following Jesus means what, what we can't do, he does. There's a story in the um, New Testament where Jesus is uh, in front of a lot of religious people. This is in uh, John chapter 7. And he says this, he stands up in front of all the religious people who follow the law all the time. And, and he says to them, if any of you thirst, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. You see, when we are in Christ we are rooted, and it doesn't matter where we go. It doesn't matter what we are feeling. It doesn't matter anything other than the fact we know we are sinful and we need a Savior. And so at every single moment of my life, even when I think I'm right and I'm really wrong or I know I'm wrong and I still do it, I don't live my life saying, hey, tomorrow I'll be better. 
hey, tomorrow I'll be stronger. Tomorrow I'll get this right. I, I feel like I can overcome this. Instead, I give myself fully to Christ and I say, it is not me. The sin in me, everything about me is going to choose wrong. It's going to choose a short term over what God wants for me long term. Instead, I say, God, I need your strength and your Holy Spirit in me. And that is what we have as Christians. Jesus Christ. Now, this is countercultural. People think we're crazy. People don't understand. We literally believe a man died and rose from the grave. And he, he raised himself from the grave because he was God. And he could forgive your sins. So rather than trying to be perfect, instead we have a father who sent his son so that we can have forgiveness even in the midst of following our feelings. So listen to me. Jesus costs a lot to follow him. It does. You have to give up a lot of your feelings. You have to give up a lot of the things you want. But here's what I know. You have to quit relying on Egypt. You can't keep saying, you know what, I'm going to go back and, and tomorrow I'm going to go through my to-do list. I'm going to be productive tomorrow. I'm going to get everything right. You know what, I'm not going to yell at my kids tomorrow. I'm not going to do this tomorrow. I'm going to be better tomorrow. Instead, you have to quit crying out on each and say, God, I don't know how I'm going to do it tomorrow, but I need your Holy Spirit in me. I need the, the fountain in me to flow out. And so I'm going to trust you. And when I fail, I'm not going to feel guilt and shame. Instead, I'm going to say, God, I know you're in. And even though I feel like a failure, even though I don't feel good enough, I know that you are good enough. So, Lord, as we all struggle together, I pray that you will give us a new, I, that we will almost do a Christian reset. This is my hope. I hope that everyone who claims to follow Christ, everyone who claims, you know what, I, I go to church, I'm here, I heard the sermon, I did all this. For just a moment today, I hope you'll say, you know what, maybe I'm not following Christ. Maybe I'm just going through the motions. What would it look like if instead of just doing what feels good, hey, I read the Bible, I went to church, what if I truly just spent some time today and cried out to God and just thanked him for dying on the cross and just felt the, the breath of fresh air that comes when I know I've been forgiven, not because I deserved it, but because he gave it to me. Y'all, let's pray. Lord, my heart with this is not to offend everyone Though sometimes when we follow you, we will. My heart is not for us to feel guilty. Though there are times when I follow myself, I do. Lord, my heart is that every single one of us who hears this, whether we're online, whether we're in this room, whether we're listening later, Lord, my heart is that we have a desire to never be far from you. To never, to never follow you simply based on how it feels. And sometimes it feels like I feel like I've got the strength to follow you. But sometimes I feel like I just want to go in bed and not even deal with the day. Lord, instead, my hope is that we begin to live lives where we are so confident in you, where we are so close to you, that our lives, not just now, but even in the next life, we know doesn't matter how we feel, we have a Savior who has come and made a way for us. And that every second we live, we live in His power. So Lord, as we worship today, as we just consider what it means to follow Christ, I pray that all of us will just begin to put our politics down, put our, all of the things that are Egypt to us, put our feelings down, put our, our stubbornness down, and just say, you know what, all I know is I'm a man who needs a Savior. I'm a man who is not good enough on my own. And Lord, thanks be to God who has made a way. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.